they'll be called to the set in just a moment. Safe. Away, Freeman out well, a mighty roar. Samantha Stozer in straight sets is the champion of the United States Open. Here's Aloisi for a place in the you World Cup. For us. He's yeah! Welcome to our brand new sports show to give you a weekly dose of sport right here on Joy 94.9. We hope to cover as much as we can over the hot months and I'm joined by my very lovely co-host, Beck Dow. Hello, Dave. I'm oh, excited. That's opening. I know. I feel like I want to go play a sport. Uh, that song, Hall and Oates, just keeps following us. It's been our intro in all the public holidays we filled in for, just everything. It is, it's our kindred spirit song. Do you think we're the only people in the world to ever combine the music of Hall and Oates with sports? <laughs> yeah, probably. Excellent. Uh, are you excited, Beck? I am beside myself, David. Beside myself. We've got massive amounts of sport to cover across the whole summer. We've got all the cricket. So much cricket, including the big bash, and we've got the women's T Twenty World Cup coming up just like next month, and we're going to have a we're going to be right across that. We know people that can help us. Definitely, we are going to have we're going to talk about horse racing, spring carnival coming up, and in January we've got the big Australian Open, which is like the it's Melbourne's biggest sporting event, basically to kick off the year, um, and so much so 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 much more. And tonight we've got on the show uh, Opal's captain General Hay is in to talk about, and they're just fresh back from uh, the World Cup coming second. Absolutely. We've got our resident journo extraordinaire, Megan Husswaite, to give us a preview of the upcoming WNBL season. Uh, Shane Hill pops in, four-time Olympian, former NBA and NBL player, and he's now part of Fox Sports NBL coverage, and he's going to come in and... uh, Give us a preview to the upcoming NBL season that kicks off tomorrow night. We are b-balled to the eyeball, Dave. Did you <laughs> like that? Yeah. But if you want to get in touch with us, you can SMS us on 0427JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au. But first, David, it's our sports wrap. Saturday night at the MCG, you'd normally see a bit of cricket, maybe a bit of footy, sometimes a bit of Olympics if it's the 1956 year. However, on Saturday night, I popped down to the MCG and guess what I saw? What did you see, David? Men and women wrestling in a wrestling ring. Was this a professional thing or just something your friends did? A professional thing. The WWE uh, superstars, the professional wrestling, popped into Melbourne with their super showdown um, in front of, can you imagine... Can you imagine 70,000 fans into the MCG for the uh, the wrestling? That is a lot. Uh, some of the highlights, oh, well, some of the superstars involved was Ronda Rousey. Heard oh, of Ronda I've Rousey? Heard of her. Yeah, from the yeah. UFC days. She's amazing. Um, we had The Undertaker, who's been around for decades wrestling. Uh, your favourite John Cena was in oh, town. Oh, I love a bit of John Cena um, in the evening. And also Triple H, who was the winner of the main event. What does Triple H stand for? It stands for Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Is that his name? Well, it's not his real name, but I think that's his character name. Great name. Yeah, from previous years. How did you rate the wrestling, David? Well, it wasn't 
this is going to annoy a lot of, especially the wrestling fans. It wasn't great. <gasps> it was long, drawn out, and painful. Oh, well, the messages yeah. are flooding in now from your WWE friends. They will, and it was. It was probably my second worst memory from the MCG this year. <laughs> After Geelong lost the final, yes, yeah, against right. Melbourne. Yes, that's what it was. Oh, I'm um, sorry to hear that, David. I know, I know. Uh, Bathurst, you covered Bathurst, Beck. Oh, I love Bathurst. Craig Lowndes achieved a fairy tale win on his last full-time drive at Mount Panorama. He partnered with Steve Richards to achieve a stunning seventh triumph in the great Seven. race. You know what that does? Ties him with Jim Richards, his co-driver's father, but the only man who's won more Bathurst than Craig Lowndes is Peter Brock, the oh, king the of the mountain. Great. Now, Dave, I have my parents visiting from Adelaide on the weekend. And one thing they bloody love is watching Bathurst. Now, to me, it is quite boring. But they said, no, we're going to watch it. You know what got me in? My dad said, that is David Reynolds. I said, I know that because his girlfriend was on Big Brother. So all I needed was a little bit of reality TV. Ah. I was hooked. All of a sudden, I was fascinated. 121 laps goes for hours. Australian households are either a Bathurst family or you're not. I didn't even know we were a Bathurst family. Well, you are now. This is the first I'd heard of it. Um, But it is fascinating. The pits, when they go in and they do these wheel changes in like six seconds, the most interesting thing I learned was that the temperature inside the car is 25 degrees hotter than outside in the air. Is that, the, is that the most interesting that fact? It's the most interesting with? fact that came out. But anyway, Craig Lowndes, what a fairy tale. I loved it. Magnificent. I I might look a little bit sleepy at the moment. I've got up early this morning to watch the Matildas. Ah. Matildas against uh, against the Lionesses, oh. uh, the English national team. And uh, I think we were competitive, um, but we weren't we weren't too good in the first half, but we were much better in the second half. Um, Polkinghorne scored the uh, very, very late equaliser. Um, but I'll tell you what fascinated me the most... A 15-year-old striker debuted. A 15-year-old uh, uh, came on to, uh, to to debut for the Australian national team. When I was 15, I could barely tie my own shoes. I know. Mary Fowler was absolutely unfazed by the occasion at Craven Cottage against England in a traditional football mad country. You go, girlfriend. I know. One all. That's pretty well done, good. Mary. Um, Bathurst was a great finish I saw on the weekend. The other great finish I saw was Winks. Australia's favourite racehorse extended her winning streak to 28 races, taking out the Group 1 Turnbull Stakes at Flemington. Tell you what, Dave, Winx is a stressful horse to watch. Let's take a look. Let's take a listen to the uh, the last 200 metres of Winx's win. Back to the inside. Winx down the middle. Kings will dream at the 100. It's getting desperate. Now Winx is storming home. Winx over the top. Oh, she's too good for Carpita. Winx has won it by a leak. Second young star. 28 in a row for Winks, but what caught your eye was uh, the, the very fantastic voice of football, voice of sport in Australia was Bruce McAvaney. Because what's more exciting than watching Winks, Dave, is watching Bruce McAvaney watching Winks. <laughs> if I That's ever quality. feel sad in my life, I'm just going to watch videos of Bruce McAvaney watching <laughs> Winks. I tell you what. And it's actually the first, it's not the first time that he's actually got excited by Winks. Uh, I've got some audio here that was from uh, Winks's 25th straight win and it has a uh, it is, it's footage you can find on YouTube, but we've got the audio of uh, Bruce McAvaney and you can see his oh. excitement in his voice. I'm excited. 
Of course, Bruce McAvaney's carried the can the last Top game up. Absolutely as good as they get. He was at his very, very best this week, wasn't he? Yeah, well, my favourite moment oh, was, no, was, was, was watching him, and we know his love for horse racing, yeah. and there's a horse out there called Winx. He loves it. Who was going for a 25th win straight, the mighty mare, and here he, here he is taking in the race. Have a look at the excitement which is palpable on Bruce McAvaney. <laughs> Just sit. Just balance her up. Come on. She's home. Come on. She's home. Look at her go. <laughs> Oh, the great Bruce McAvaney. I love it how enthusiastic he is about sport. It's I just adorable. love it so much. But we've, we've all had moments like that when we watch sport and we're just cheering things on. I remember cheering on John, John Aloisi in that World Cup qualifier when he took that penalty and sent the Australians to the World Cup. My, I was jumping up and down for that Mine tends to be when I watch swimming and I do a lot of swimming <laughs> strokes in the lounge room. Like That'll make them go quicker. Uh, swimming, I'm always fascinated about how many metres they can gain that last like 10 metres to win. It's amazing. How they can just claw them back. Um, at the moment, it's live scores uh, for the JLT series. It is all over. The Vicks have won the JLT series. They did. The Vicks scoring 274 and bowling Tasmania out in the 40th over for 164. So good luck. Well yeah. done to our local boys. They shared the wickets and Cam White top scored uh, with 88. What well on Cam. And, and uh, live from Dubai, Pakistan are 5 for 155 against Australia. So Australia, to be frank, not playing that well. But you go, boys. We're behind you. And, uh, well, thanks for our first ever sports wrap or what's caught your eye this week. Um, coming up next is Megan Husserwait, our lovely, extraordinarily good journo, and she's going to come on and cover the upcoming WNBL season. Back soon on the bench. You're on Joy 94.9. On the line now is our own resident extraordinaire journo that we love so much to help us preview the upcoming WNBL season. Welcome, Megan Husserwaite, to the bench. Hey, hey, guys. Happy first show. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> the WNBL season launched this week and there seems to be a lot of positivity around that la- uh, that uh, that we should be very excited about. Uh, can tell us more, Megan? Well, I think we're going to be in for a good season here in Melbourne with our two Melbourne teams, the Boomers and the Dandenong Rangers. And we should probably include the Bendigo Spirit because they're Victorian too. But the Melbourne Boomers made the grand final series last year but went down to Townsville Fire in a three-game series. But funnily enough, they've lost um, one of the best players in the world in this Cambage. She's gone to play in China. But... They've actually got a better team on paper this season, which seems crazy, but they've brought in a couple of uh, Olympians and girls that played in the World Championship silver medal winning size um, just a couple of weeks ago in Spain. So Kayla George, who is a big, um, a big, big, big player, uh, she comes from Townsville having played in that championship last year and they've got um, Steph Talbot who is an Olympian as well and Ezzie Magbegor who's a, uh, a Melbourne girl just 19 years old she played in the world championships as well so uh, she's going to be a, a young player to watch she's kind of the next Liz Cambage next Lauren Jackson so That's we've got her here big call Megan big call 
<laughs> and she's big too, so she's uh, she's literally the next big thing in Australian basketball. Well, I mean, it is exciting that I guess a number of those Opals players are returning to this competition. Do you think that will bring more spectators and more interest into the competition to have those big-name players back? Yeah, I think so, Beck. I was at the season launch in Sydney um, on Monday, which was at Luna Park, which was <laughs> really interesting. Um, but there's nine out of that 12 that played and won silver in Spain playing in the WNBL this season. So um, up until last year, the WNBL hadn't been on TV for a few years. Now it's on Fox Sports. It's also going to be on free-to-air on SBS. Um, so there's a lot more mainstream media coverage now, which is fantastic for these athletes because the WNBL is actually the oldest um professional women's league in Australia of any sport. So um, we've got some magnificent athletes and it's a great game day experience here too. So if you can get out to the Melbourne Boomers game um, at Wanturner South or go and watch the Rangers out at Dandenong, it's really a great night out or a great afternoon out. Um, some of the best athletes in the world playing in our competition and um, it's just a really good game day experience too. So I encourage anyone to get out and um, take a look at the WNBL this season. The NBL uh, has increased with a lot more like financial investment. Is it the same for WNBL? Is it just money that's got uh, basketball back into the, uh, the, eye, the hearts and minds of Australians? Yeah, that's certainly been a, a big part of it, Dave. Chemist Warehouse have come on board this season as the naming rights sponsor for the WNBL. Again, they haven't had a major sponsor and naming rights sponsor for the last couple of years, which, you know, has been really disappointing and it has hurt the sport as AFLW and um, the netball and, and even the cricket with the Southern Stars and the WBBL has really taken centre stage. So there's no doubt that um, having that money injected into the league and having that amazing exposure um, on television has certainly played a role in the resurgence. Well, one of the big stories this season is going to be the final uh, campaign of Susie Bakovich, who's won, is it six, I think, MVP awards. What's, what's, her, um, what's her story and what's she given to the competition? Oh, she is a legend of the league and she'll be playing her 350th game in round 12, wow. which is um, just incredible. So seven league MVPs, five championships. She was MVP um, in the championship last year to Townsville having won the MVP again. Um, she's 38 years old and in her words, she's like a fine wine. <laughs> so um, she, she's a star. She played in a couple of Olympics, but one of the huge selection um, shots for the Opals in 2016 for the Rio campaign was that Susie wasn't selected. Um, at that time, she was our best player in Australia. And I guess there's no coincidence that the Opals... Um, didn't win a medal at that Olympics for the first time since 1988. Uh, so she's come back um, into the league, shook that off um, and just continued to succeed. And she's the ultimate competitor and she's the captain of Townsville. Um, and she, she, t- so, she so much so takes those girls, her teammates on her shoulders and, and carries them. So again, if you get the chance to watch a game on Fox Sports or on SBS, or go to a game in Melbourne when they're playing down here. Um, it's it's really something special to watch her live because she's really a once-in-a-generation basketballer. Well, I am exactly the same age as Susie, and some days I cannot get out of bed without, <laughs> you know, hurting myself. So I am impressed. I'd love for you to go one-on-one with Susie, Beck. That would be great viewing. I would literally come up to her ankles. So let's yes. try that. Let's set that up.
We're about the same height, Beck. Yeah. Um, it's a very it's a very lonely feeling being around basketballers for me. Oh, I, got, I make the point guard look tall. I've got a feeling Susie won't hesitate to <laughs> slam you two to the ground, I think. Um, now, uh, <laughs> Susie uh, she, uh, led this Townsville Fire to the uh, the title last year. Can uh, Townsville Fire back it up this year and go again? Yeah, they absolutely can. They've lost a couple of players. So, as I mentioned, Kayla George has come down and joined Melbourne. Uh, Mia Murray, who's played in a few championships for them, really experienced guard, um, is not playing this season. And one of their imports isn't returning. But they've added in a Melbourne girl in Tess Madgen. Um, her brother, Jack, was um, debuted for Collingwood in the, in the footy um, late in the year. But she comes from a sporting family, played in the World Championships, really experienced guard. And I think... The big thing for Townsville is that they've, they still have the core of the group and that chemistry led by someone like Susie. So Melbourne Boomers are going to be phenomenal if they can get it all together, but they have had quite a lot of changes. So it'll just be interesting to see in the opening rounds how quickly they can come together and gel as a new unit. But I'm expecting uh, Melbourne Boomers and Townsville Fire, the grand final um, grand finalist from last season, to be back up there again. Well, we're going to write that down. We are talking to Megan Husswaite, our WNBL expert. Um, Megan, the other team you mentioned that's, you know, pretty close to Melbourne is the Dandenong Rangers. How are they shaping up and can we expect to see Sarah Blitzavs back in action after her unfortunate ACL tear? Yeah, definitely. She won't play in round one this weekend. So Dandenong are off to Townsville. It's a pretty pretty big um, first up task for the Rangers playing the reigning champs on their home floor. So Sarah's still probably a month away, which is going to be a huge boost to the Rangers when they get her back. But they've had a busy off-season. They've added dual Olympian Rachel Jerry, another Melbourne girl um, who's joined the club uh, from Canberra. And they've also brought in Rebecca Cole, who's crossed from the Melbourne Boomers to Dandenong. So that's like the equivalent of going from Cole to Collingwood, like Ooh. Alex Molo has today. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big change. Um, they've also, uh, just last week, signed Benaja Laney, who's an import from the WNBA. She's previously played for Perth and Bendigo, and she's really dynamic. So she'll be really good for them. So it'll just be whether the Rangers can get a few early season wins before Sarah comes back because once she's fit and firing, they will be a pretty impressive lineup. It's starting to sound like a very exciting season and we know that the games will be shown live on SBS and some on Fox Sports. What do you think is more important, the the TV audience or is it the uh, getting bums in seats? Oh, it's a good question. Um, look, bums on seats is always important. The Melbourne Boomers do it so well. Their game day experience is phenomenal and they get huge crowds every year. They break their own records. Um, but I think just having that exposure on TV is everything. And um, now with it being on free to air is another string to that bow because not everyone has um, Boxtel and some people are in remote areas where they can't have access to that either. So I think it's huge in, in terms of bringing new eyes to the game. Um, but if we can continue to attract those big crowds, particularly here in Melbourne where we do basketball and sports so well, that's going to be huge. Now, Megan, you're clearly a big fan of basketball and a downright expert. I'm very impressed. Where does, <laughs> where does your love of the competition come from? <laughs> well, I'm from Ballarat. Um, so regional Victoria represents. Um, so growing up, we had a lot of, um, you know, Tony Lockett was from Ballarat and Steve Monaghetti, the um, Olympian, was from Ballarat. But Robin Barr, who was um, legendary Australian Opals captain and a WNBL legend, uh, she was from Ballarat. So growing up playing a bit of um, a bit of everything sports-wise, um, it was pretty cool basketball-wise to have Robin Barr 
from our hometown. And at that time, she was captaining Australia, you know, at Olympic Games, and she was such a star. So, um, I've, yeah, always loved basketball and used to watch it on um, the ABC when it was on in, on Saturday afternoons. And it's just awesome to be able to cover it today and, and just over the last 10 years see that growth um, of players that have come through the competition and graduated to the Australian teams and to see some of the best players in the world, really, from America and Europe choose to come to Australia to play a professional season. Now we, well, we've got um, Liz Cambage, who's obviously not playing the WNBL and has gone to China. Um, speaking of like the best players playing here in WNBL, why has Liz left the WNBL and gone to China? Cha-ching. Uh, the money in China for, for Liz is ridiculous. So I think she'll be playing, it'll probably be a four-month season for her over there because the team she plays for will make finals because of her. Um, but it's fair to say she can earn in four months in China, but I'm never going to earn in my lifetime. So. I'm, hearing, I'm hearing it's like a half a million dollars a season or something, or is it more? Yeah, look, it's, it would be more this time around. She played there about five years ago, four or five years ago and was on crazy, crazy money. Um, and they loved her over there, and they're so fascinated by her because she's 203 <laughs> centimetres and just unstoppable. So, oh, what a superstar. Um, it was great to have her back here in the league last season, and, and she did wonders for the competition and for the Melbourne Boomers, and she got a lot out of it personally and for her own game, which we saw she was on fire making the All-Star 5 at the World Championships. So um, I'm sure we'll see Liz back in the WNBL one day, but again, it's a great... Um, a great thing for the league that she can come back here and have a season and then land such a lucrative contract overseas off the back of it. Now, Megan, before you go, we want to get you on record. Who's going to take out the title this year and who's going to be the league MVP? Okay, I'm going to go Melbourne Boomers because um, I feel like I need to say that. Because, Correct. You know, Melbourne yeah. represent. Um, and I'm going to go Susie Batstick for number eight. Oh, wow. Going out um, on a swan song, yeah. You can't go. We can't win the MVP and then retire. you got to go again, I reckon. I know. Well, she says she's that fine line, so um, she's just got to keep, keep developing, keep maturing. Oh, that's Megan Hustleway. Thank you so much for coming on as per usual and giving us an insight into the upcoming WNBL season. Thanks, guys. been awesome to be part of your first show. Thanks, Megan. Speak to you soon. Bye. You're on the bench on Joy. Huge honour that I have to be the first to announce officially that we welcome Andrew Bogut uh, to the Sydney Kings for a period of the next two seasons in the NBL. Um, it has been a, uh, a pleasure to, to work on this deal with Andrew and uh, in the latter stages, of course, with the NBL. Um, this is a, uh, a transformational signing for our club and, and I believe for our league. And uh, I'd just like to officially welcome Andrew on deck here right on the floor that, um, that, will, that will turn into the playing floor come October of this NBL season. So uh, welcome along. Welcome to the Kings family. Welcome uh, into the NBL family. There is much enthusiasm in the air for the upcoming NBL season and with the season kicking off tomorrow night, we are joined by four-time Olympian and former NBA player Shane Hill to help preview the season. Welcome to the bench, Shane. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Now, Shane, there's been a lots of off-season movers and shakers, some new-look teams and players coming in. Who do you think has had the best off-season player-wise? Well, I think that's clear with the Sydney Kings being able to recruit Andrew Bogut, who... Uh 
as most people would know, was the number one draft pick in the NBA and, and played in the NBA for 12 or 13 years. So he's still got a lot to offer, not just from a profile point of view, but also what he can do on the court by making his teammates better. So the Sydney Kings, who have finished second, uh, second last the last two years and have spent big money, I think are going to be the big improvers. And uh, I think the other team is Melbourne United. And even though they won it last year, They've actually done a good job of making their team even better than they were last year. Uh, and I see those two teams as the top two. Well, I mean, obviously, Bogut is, is the big, you know, signing of the off-season. You mentioned profile as well. What do you think he'll bring to the league in terms of lifting that profile? Yeah, I think he brings a lot. Um, he's so active on social media. Um, you know, not necessarily politically correct, which I find refreshing to a certain degree that we get to know what an athlete really thinks. Um, but he, he's, he's good. He's matured. Uh, I think he's great for the league. I think he adds the fact that um, we've got a quality league and someone would be prepared to not play in the NBA, come back while he's still got you know some good basketball left in his legs to be able to play here in, in a bid, really, to make an Australian team next year for the Olympics as well. A world championships and then Olympics. And uh, speaking of profile as well, Bogut's been involved in a couple of games in America at the moment. What's your uh, what's your thoughts on the NBL teams being involved in America? Oh, gee, it's incredible, really. Um, you know, when I was playing a long, long time ago, I would never have dreamed that you know NBL teams were going to be playing against NBA teams. You just think that it would be out of reach. But last year it happened twice, and you know the, the ownership and management of the NBL have done such a good job to be able to get seven games. You know, over a two-week period. So we've had three. Uh, there was one blowout. The Perth Wildcats let us down a little bit with a 58-point loss, but the Sydney Kings lost by 19 to the Clippers, and Melbourne United lost by 20 to uh, a very talented team with Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. So four more games to go, so fingers crossed we can uh, get even closer than that. The other thing, I mean, in terms of profile in the game is Foxtel's confirmed they're going to be broadcasting every game live, which is fabulous. But is TV coverage what's important for the growth of the game or do we need to get bums on seats in the stadiums? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, But bums on seats has continued to grow over the last three years. Last year, we had more people go to NBL games than we've ever seen before in the history of our 40 years. Um, So people talk about the glory days, you know, back in the 90s. Well, we've actually beaten that. This is really the glory days for the NBL, and I think it's only going to get stronger. You mentioned that Foxtel shows every game live, which is tremendous, but this year they've brought on Channel 9 as well. So two live games a week on a Saturday and Sunday at 3 o'clock. Um, so that's, you know, that's going to get a lot more people exposure um, to the game that we have, that we really need to be able to showcase the talents that we've got. We are talking with Shane Hill, former NBL, NBA player and now basketball commentator. Now, Shane, where, where has all this resurgence come from? Because I guess basketball a couple of years ago went through a little bit of a lull. But in the last couple of years, it seems to be the talk of the town again. Well, I mean, I, I think you're being very kind saying it was a little bit of a lull because <laughs> to me it was virtually dead. And uh, you know, so many people come up to me and say, oh, you know, I loved watching you, know, you guys back in the 90s and basketball was great. Well, now I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, come up in the street and say, hey, I haven't watched it for a long time. Now we are watching it again. And I think Larry Kesselman, through his ownership uh, and the management with uh, Jeremy Loliga and, and the head office of the NBL, one, they've put a whole lot of money in to be able to make it work. So make no mistake about that. It takes money. But it also takes a vision and passion and professional people that um, can take it to another level. And they've been able to demonstrate it, you know, at every turn. And, 
you know, you have to think the next few years are going to be even more exciting. And, and where would you like to see basketball go in Australia? Well, I mean, I'd love to see, um, you know, the same people that watch the NBA be watching the NBL and appreciate the talents that we've got here. The numbers continue to, to blow out of, of thumbs on seats. Um, but being able to get regular, you know, Channel 9 games live, um, I think is important. And hopefully, you know, our boomers can win a medal. We saw our, our Opals, who have been unbelievable for a long time, now finish second in the, in the World Cup. Hopefully our boomers can win the first ever medal as well. And um, it really just sends a great message to all the kids that are playing basketball, the opportunities that, uh, that can be had with a lot of hard work. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. I mean, it tends to be that when things are on the Olympics that people then tend to want to take them up. You know, we all watch the Tour de France and we all want to be cyclists. But I think, you know, if basketball's shown on the Olympics, that, that might get some more kids into playing the game. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think basketball, we have to be really proud of, you know, where our game stands with over 200 countries playing the game worldwide. Our Opals are second in the world to America. Uh, when you look at the population, you know, that's an incredible... Um, effort. Now, men are, are top four. So, um, yeah, a lot of people want to play. The participation continues to swell. And the participation's never been a problem um, for basketball in Australia because we've got fantastic facilities, particularly in Victoria, where just more and more kids get the opportunity to be able to play an indoor sport, both um, boys and girls. And speaking of Victoria, Shane, we, c- we have to talk about Melbourne United. Uh, can, they, can they go back to back? Yeah, they can. And, they uh, can. I mean, they're going to have have to be good, but um, they've had some really, really good signings. For a team that won it, you, you generally don't see them get better the next year. They normally plateau a little bit and the rest of the league catches up. But I think with the signing of Mitch McCarran, you know, Victorians are going to love this kid. Um, he is a fantastic player, good all-round player, plays tough, uh, and he's been a great injection into the team. And obviously, apart from the obvious Sydney Kings uh, with Andrew Bogut, where some of the other competition will come from? Yeah, well, Perth Wildcats have made the top four for um, all the finals for uh, 32 straight years. So you'd, um, you'd be a game man to be able to write them off and being able to do that again. Uh, but I think probably the dark horse is, is New Zealand. Um, with Corey Webster coming back from overseas, um, they've signed some really good Americans that have paid depth. Uh, and I think they're a team that can round out the four and, and, you know, cause some serious problems with their ability to be able to put the ball in the hole. Speaking about Foxtel's coverage of the game, is there any ex- anything exciting additional to the game that we could expect from the coverage? Yeah, we actually had our, our telecast meeting yesterday in Melbourne and, and, you know, getting the opportunity to be able to see new graphics and, um, and, and the way the game's going to be shot and broadcast. So... You know, that continues to evolve as well. And obviously everything comes from the States and you, know, you don't necessarily have the same budgets of being able to work with like an ESPN. But, you know, I think the guys have done a great job and um, it's going to be exciting to see, to go with the, the great talent that we're, uh, that we're talking about. Uh, we're looking forward so much to the upcoming NBL season. That's all we have time for now, but I'm sure we'll speak during the season. Thanks so much for joining us on the bench, Shane. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. What an evening of basketball we are having, Dave, and it is still not finished. Coming up shortly, we're going to have the captain of the Opals, Jenro Hay.
The dribbling continues from us, but we've got the Opals captain in to give us a bit of expertise. Uh, we've got a few messages here, Beck, which you'll lovely read them out. I do. Actually, we've had one on Twitter from Mikey Cole, who's from the St Kilda LGBTI group and a big fan of Joy. Mikey says the best thing about being stood up for a dinner date is he got to listen to us and Megan Husswaite. So, Oh, Mikey, hugs all around, Mikey. Sad about the dinner date, but... Lucky you get to listen to us. We hope that's perked you up a bit, Mikey. Uh, we've also had another message. What a show, what a cast. I assume that's us. Loving the sport update. Would love to know what your thoughts are around the extremely short AFLW round that was announced by Gil earlier this year. Oh, very good point. It feels like the AFL, uh, I don't think they spend a whole lot of time planning the AFLW. Well, look, it's it's kind of come out of nowhere. There's still a bit of speculation, but the current understanding is that the season's going to be shortened, even though the number of teams are going to be expanded, which is completely nonsensical. I just hope that whatever happens, we get to showcase these amazing women because we've seen in the last two seasons that there's some incredible talent, which is only getting better from girls coming through who haven't had their paths to football limited. So come on, AFL, let's get the AFLW moving. <laughs> And speaking of moving and bouncing and slam dunking, we've got Jedder O'Hay, the Opals captain, coming up soon. You're listening to The Bench with Beck and Dave on Joy 94.9. We promised the big names on the bench and we have delivered with our next guest. The Opals achieved great success with the silver medal recently at the World Cup in Spain and we welcome the captain of the women's basketball team, Jenna O'Hay. Hello. You've just, uh, you must have just got recently back from the World Cup. It, it looked very taxing. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, it's good, always good to be back in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic campaign and very excited to bring home a silver medal. Well, I was going to say it's never good to lose games, especially for competitive sports people. Um, but there, um, there must be a sense of accomplishment in pride in what you achieved reaching the gold medal game. It's funny you say that because after that gold medal game, I was fighting myself in my head because I was like, oh, my gosh, we've won a silver medal. Oh, my gosh, we just lost. We're the second best team in the world. No, we just lost our last game. So it was a weird feeling after the game because you lose gold. Um, but since coming home to Australia and, uh, you know, really reflecting and stuff, we haven't been in the gold medal contention since 2008. So, you know, to get to that game and to play as well as we did throughout the campaign, I'm really proud of our achievements. Australians, we love watching uh, successful national teams. You must have uh, got a good sense of our support uh, during the tournament and also when you get back to Melbourne, just to realise how much, you know, it means to Australian people watching the Opals do well in the World Cup. Yeah, the support that we were receiving over there was really fantastic. And since getting back, just, you know, random people at the dog park were like, oh, we, did you just come back again and got a silver medal? Like people that I didn't think would have realised um, were recognising me, you know, dog parks and stuff like that. So to see that it did reach so many people um, is really humbling. And I'm so glad that so many people got on board and um, are supporting us from all over. So obviously getting back from, getting back to the change room after the loss, what was sort of the coach's message um, like immediately after the loss? Uh, she was very proud of us, um, just the way we handled ourselves. Um, we dealt with a lot of adversity through injuries and stuff like that um, throughout the tournament. Uh, so she was proud of us. There were a lot of tears in the change room um, just because, we were proud of our efforts, but we did lose. Um, and then knowing, you know, once the tournament finishes, it's really unlikely that the 
exact same group of people are going to get together again. And so for us to have such a good time together and spend so much time together and sort of know that was the end was sad. Um, but she keep re- she kept re- reiterating how proud she was of us and um, that game and that um, experience will put us in, you know, really um, good stead for the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. What were some of the highlights of the tournament, January, the personally or, or for the team as a whole? For the team, it was absolutely that semi-final win against Spain in Spain. I've never had such a vocal crowd against me before. Um, and to be down by eight in the last quarter and to come back and win against all of that was just, um, gosh, it gives me goosebumps thinking about that moment again. Um, and it's something that it, it's going to be hard to ever feel that again. Um, just the, uh, the Spaniards are very emotional and loud and passionate. And to have that all against you, it was unbelievable and to come out victorious in that game is just something that I would never forget. And speaking of that atmosphere in that Spanish in the, the Spain game, uh, is the crowd is it just supportive for the Spain team very loudly or is there some abuse coming the Opals way? What what's the what's the crowd like in Spain like compared to uh, us Australians here? Oh look there was a lot of booing. Um, they weren't very happy with us at all and they definitely let us know. Um, so it was fairly, um, yeah, it was just so great to beat them. <laughs> I love it. A win even sweeter in those circumstances, I'm sure. Now, Jenna, obviously the focus switches to the WNBL season that launched earlier this week. Tell us how the boomers are looking. Yeah, so we have our first game on Saturday night against Bendigo, our um, home opener at State Basketball Centre. Um, and, you know, our, our, our squad is looking really, really strong. Uh, we have four Australian Opals in our team. Um, so we've been playing together for the last month and, you know, we're trying to fit in with the rest of the team that's had a pre-season for the last month. Um, we've got an American import from the WNBA in Lindsay Allen, um, who's really good at distributing. And um, we've got a lot of really young talent coming through, like Mon Conti and Ezzy Magbaga, who are 19 years old and just on the absolute rise. So I'm really excited for this season and I think we'll play a really fun brand of basketball. Now, you speak about a few good additions to your team, but how is the team looking offensively without the superstar Liz Cambage? Like, can we expect the points to be shared around or is that going to be like, a, is that going to be a strength for your team? Uh, yeah, so I think uh, in the off-season we knew that Liz was going to go make her money overseas and so I think the team has put together a really balanced team. Um, we have a lot of scoring options and we move the ball well and I think it's going to be a lot harder for other teams to defend. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all comes together. And surely when Liz returns to chi- uh, returns from China, she can shout the uh, few of the boomers a few dinners, I reckon. You would think so with the money she's earning over there, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, one of the one of the plays you mentioned before was um, Monique Conti, obviously coming from the AFLW, um, and just had an amazing season there. You know, winning um, the best on ground in the grand final. How how easy do you think it's going to be for her to switch back into her basketball world? I was at that grand final game um, and she was unbelievable. It was pouring down with rain that day, so it wasn't the best day to go watch footy, but she was amazing. Um, 
And, you know, she played uh, Siebel in the whole off-season, which is the uh, local basketball league. Um, so she's ready to go, and she's had a really great pre-season from everything that I've heard. I've never been at she practices. Um, but everything that I've heard, she's had a really good pre-season. Um, and, yeah, she's ready to go, and she balances the two sports really well. Um, for someone so young, she does it tremendously. I don't, I don't mean to brag, but at the end of the grand final, I personally started a chant in my era of the crowd that was Moncon best on. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Thank wow. you. I was very proud of it. I reckon that the boomers might use that this year, there, Beck. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can use that as your own. I'm going to be passing that on for sure. Excellent. Uh, we're talking to <laughs> captain of the women's basketball team of the Opals, Jenna O'Hay. Who are the rivals? Who are the, 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 the teams that we should look at? Who are the nasty teams? Who are the more physical teams that you uh, should be watching out for this year? Townsville are always up there. Um, they've got the reigning MVP who has won the MVP, I feel like, for the past 10 years straight. Back <laughs> of it, so they're always going to be um, a big threat. Um, they've also got another Opal player, Tess Madden, up there. Um, she had a really good campaign over in Spain. Um, and a lot of teams have recruited really well. I think there's going to be a lot of um, different looks with teams. Um, Perth have a lot of new recruits. Um, Adelaide are going to be small, but... You know, Chris Lucas is going to have them firing. Um, Canberra have a lot of good recruits. As long as they get all their players back from injury, they'll be really strong. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the season goes. Um, hopefully we're up there and um, we'll see. Well, I don't want to put any pressure on you, Jenna, but we just spoke with um, journalist and WNBL expert Megan Husswaite, and she did tell us that the Boomers were going to win and be the Premiers. So no pressure, but we've already had that <coughs> announced on our show tonight. Well, look, that's what we're hoping to do. And I think we have a squad that could do it. But, you know, a lot can happen during the season. But that's definitely the goal. These are the moments where you say you take one week at a time. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cliche. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of the opening week, Bendigo, uh, what's the chances? What What can we expect on the opening weekend? Uh, Yeah, the Boomers have played um, Bendigo, I think it's four times during the preseason. They won three out of the four. Um, And then we bring in four Opals players so um you know i hope that we can uh seamlessly sort of um incorporate ourselves into the squad and um have a good first round hit out in front of our home crowd now a little bit off basketball jenna but uh you have recently appeared on have you been paying attention this week tell us about that and have you gone away more attentive from the show (laughs) i watch that show every week when i'm in australia it's one of my favorite tv shows the they're just so funny on that show. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, um, but I had a lot of fun. And I think I was lucky that Sam wasn't there because I think I got off pretty easy um, in terms of the jokes. <laughs> Fantastic. It's always good to see the Opals on TV. Thanks for so much for joining us and good luck to yourself and the Melbourne Boomers in the upcoming WNBL season. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Jenna. I'm sure that song's going to do our heads in by the end of the season. You are watching the premiere of The Bench. Listening as well. I'm on fire at the moment. You really are, Dave. But what a great opening show we've had. I feel like I'm a basketball expert now. Oh, Shane Hill, uh, Jenna O'Hay and Megan, <laughs> and Megan Hus- Hustlewaite coming in. It's been a magnificent and really it looks like WNBL and NBL and basketball in general in Australia is back to where it was, like in the 90s. Like we all grew up, I think, you know, we had like Luke Longley and Shane Hill and Andrew Gaze, Gaze that and were playing overseas. Yeah. Um, that 
brought us more attention to basketball, but we went through a massive lull until now. We've got like a, a starting five. I feel out like there. I want to play basketball now. I played as a child, which, you know, I'm five foot four now, so you can imagine how not tall I was as a child. And I got knocked unconscious playing basketball. A girl banged into my head, and I woke up with frozen peas on my head. Oh, there you go. So I'm a much better spectator than I am player. It's um the lo- local basketball. I played, a, I think I've had two seasons of local basketball. When you go down to those, um, those stadiums, they've got three courts side by side. Your and ball's bouncing onto yeah, the other game. And about 8,000 players go through that in one night and you've got games starting at like 5.30, you've got games ending at like nearly midnight. I mean, who it's wants to play mayhem. that one? Mm. Mayhem. Do you have a cricket score there, Beck? I Obviously do. Obviously in Dubai at the moment. Live the first from test. Dubai, Pakistan 5 for 165. So long way to go for the Australians. Long way to go. Uh, speaking of the Australian team, it's Justin Langer's first game as coach. Now, it's not a great start. I don't, I don't think that we had the right... I, know, I might be saying it too quickly, but we didn't have the right team in. Oh, absolutely, we didn't have the right team in. But with some suspensions, Dave, in our Australian cricket team, perhaps beggars cannot be choosers at ah, present. I see what you mean. But mm. we've got some really good players here in Australia still in Joe Burns and Glenn Maxwell. That um, Glenn Maxwell was left here in Australia and played in the JLT uh, final today. But Mitch Marsh, batting at four, he's not a natural number four. No, for I don't think that's the, the place for him. Line. But look, they'll work it out. It's the start of the start of the season. There's a lot more tests to be played. Uh, Johnny Holland, the Victorian uh, spinner, taking a few wickets in the second innings, which is good to see because he's he's a spinner that hasn't been given enough chance yet. I reckon uh, some of the tests where it's, it's been friendly, I think he'll really uh, dominate. These could be exciting times. First show done and dusted, Beck. It's been a pleasure to join you as per usual. It's been an absolute joy to be on Joy Talking Sport. And Jenna O'Hay, I've got it right this time. Opal's captain joined us to talk about the WNBL season. We had Megan Hustlewaite also to preview the WNBL season. Megan is going to join us, uh, well, I'm hoping on a regular basis here and there to cover a multitude of sports. That's right. She will keep us keep us on track. And also we had Shane Hill, our first official guest of the bench. He came on and spoke about the NBL season and exactly where basketball was, is and where it's heading. Exactly. Exciting times, Dave. That's the Bench on Joy. Thank you very much.